and welcome to the Cleverly Changing Podcast. Our podcast is all about learning how to educate your kids. I'm one of the hosts, Elle, and this is episode 27. If you're a new listener to our podcast, I'd like to thank you for joining us. I am an entrepreneur, mom to twin girls, and this podcast is not only for parents who homeschool their children, but it is also for all parents who want to supplement their child's education. Our goal is to provide you with encouragement, insight about African history, and support as a parent and home educator. New episodes are uploaded bi-weekly, so please remember to subscribe and share. If you want to keep this podcast going, please consider supporting it by donating via our Patreon page at a low monthly cost. Visit patreon.com slash cleverly changing. That's P A T R E O N.com slash C L E V E R L Y C H A N G I N G. Today's African proverb is the sayings of a wise are like sharp sticks that shepherds use to guide sheep. It's now time for the word of the episode. Today's word of the episode is brought to you by the Swahili language. Asante. Asante means thank you. You can also say Asante Sana. Thank you very much. exciting episode for you. We've been talking about pioneers each week and Layla wants to tell you about a new American pioneer. Layla, can you tell us about your pioneer? Her name is Crystal Winham and she is a interior designer for cars. Where does she work? Um, General Motors. And when does she find her passion? At the 10th grade, when her art teacher told her she had great potential. Interesting. All right. What is her contribution to the world? She designed the interiors interiors of the Cadillac XT6, the, the Chevrolet Malibu, and the 2014 Chevrolet Impala. Well, that's pretty good. Did you know that women also design the interior of cars? No, not really. They haven't been shown in the media. So it was interesting to read about her contribution, huh? Yes. What is what else is interesting about her? Um, hmm. She gets to go to cool events where she gets to talk to a lot of people who are really important, I guess. And that seems really cool and interesting. Okay. So do you know where she went to school? How did she actually become an interior car designer? She went to the college for, for creative studies. And she earned an MBA for, from the University of Detroit Mercy. Okay. Incredible. Do you think this is a job that 
you would be interested in learning more about. Yes, I would like to learn about it more. It seems very fun. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing your report about Crystal Linden. You're welcome. Welcome to the Cleverly Changing Podcast. We are excited about today's guest. And we want to give you a few minutes to just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having us on. This is Louis McLean, and I have my business partner, Frank Menicon, here. I'll start by uh, giving some information about myself. So I'm from Arlington, Texas, uh, born and raised, father of two beautiful children, uh, Serenity and Noah. And uh, we are the founders of Melanin Origins. So we're a children's book company. Actually, we're a global publishing service. We specialize in children's books about uh, lesser known African-American pioneers. Um, we specialize in bringing other people's visions to life. But we, we, we also write stories about uh, heroes such as Booker T. Washington, Ida B. Wells, Marcus Garvey, Madam C.J. Walker. We take our leaders, transform them into children, put them in books, working on cartoon shows, curriculum for schools and ISDs across the nation. Um, and we support culturally responsive pedagogy is to teaching for children, believing that culture is central to learning. <laughs> well, go ahead, Frank. <laughs> okay, so um, my name is Frank Minicon and I am the COO of the company. And a little bit of history about me, my background is in criminal justice and education. So um, when Louie and I began this conversation about Melanin Origins, you know, we're really aligned with my passion of um, educating children about African history and the leaders and everything that our heroes went through to, to become the people that they are and being able to tell those stories um, through the children's books and, and really, I guess I wanna say, infiltrating the education system with our products because we understand that African history, African-American history is actually American history, black history. And it's not just for February, it's actually year round, but we have to be able to provide the tools in order for these um, teachers to be able to teach this information year round. So that's why we, you know, we write stories about Marcus Garvey's and Ida B. Wells and W.E.B. Du Bois, you know. So um, this is something that is a passion for us, but it aligns with my, my life goals and my life values. Okay. Yes, it sounds like it's the perfect, um, the, this is the perfect pairing between us and you guys, because that's what we try to do on our podcast. Um, we both are homeschool moms, but our podcast isn't just for homeschool parents, it's for all parents who, who need to supplement their children's uh, education. Because what we've learned is that our kids are gonna learn the best from us. So even though we may send our kids to school, it's going to be better if we want our kids to gain confidence and gain a love for themselves if we teach them that and if we model that behavior. So it sounds like your mission and your values are directly aligned with ours. That's correct, that's correct. And you're, you're exactly right because as Louie and I have said from the beginning, Parents are the first teachers, mm -hmm. you know, whether, whether we accept that role or not, the kids are always learning, even when we're not intentionally teaching. So when we do decide to intentionally teach, we want to make sure that we have 
for us. We want to make sure that we have products that reflect the children and and uh, teach them the importance of that from the beginning. Right, right. So you have a lot of uh, book titles under Melanin Origins. How many books do you guys have? Have you published in total? We we have published about 40 different titles, about 40 different titles. Uh, and that's just, that's just within a little over four years. So we've published about 40 different titles. We have our own uh, branded series, though. We have our own branded series of 10 books specifically about Black history. So, so when we started, we really wanted to just focus on writing stories about our historical leaders, right, um, and get our series uh, get our series out of the way. So mainly we have our African-American series, but we're also going to go all around the world and do um, explore different cultures. And also we'll do a series that explore, explores the melanated people, the black people and, uh, and the different cultures and the, the pioneers there. Um, we focus on our, our 10 branded one. But then again, as we said, we specialize in bringing people's vision to life. After we wrote uh, Brick by Brick, <laughs> so many people started reaching out to us and Brick by Brick is our first book it's about Booker T. Washington but as soon as we released our first book dozens of people reached out to us say hey could you publish our book could you publish our book and we actually turned them down because we were focused on our own branded purposes right. uh, but after a while you know we we realized that the, the demand was great we have a great network and of course we have the expertise so we did, that's when we started publishing others. And so we're at about 40 now. Wow. <laughs> and who are your authors? Are you all the, um, the main writers for your brand or? Okay, good, thank you. <laughs> so our, our brand, so our brand, we have seven different authors for, uh, for our, our first series. So seven, 10 books, seven authors. Uh, I went ahead and spearheaded because Frank and I spe uh, you know, started a company. I went ahead and spearheaded uh, the authorship. And so I wrote the first two books. I wanted the third one to be somebody else, but uh, you know, the release date mixed up. So it ended up being the first three books, but then we were able to uh, acquire uh, quality authors who we've uh, met in the Metroplex, well, in the Dallas area, and then also online mm -hmm. as well. So we, we, we sought out individuals um, who were quality, quality writers, and we asked them who is their favorite, what we call melanin origin, who's their favorite historical figure that, that they would like to bring awareness to. So for our, and for subsequent brands, we're going to be looking for, Frank and I are not looking to write any more books. <laughs> <laughs> For, uh, for, for subsequent series, I, I meant to say, uh, we're definitely going to be acquiring authors um, for, for, for those books. Okay, and wow, that's wonderful. I actually, um, my book is coming out um, next month. Yay! Awesome, awesome, so, yay! You got some special effects for that? <laughs> I know. <laughs> so my book is something that you guys would definitely um, know about because I have a book coming out and it's called The ABCs of Sickle Cell. And oh, I know okay. that you guys, when I was doing my market research, I saw that you guys have books on sickle cell. Can you we kind do. of talk a little bit about why you decided to write books about sickle cell? Oh, yes, Frank, you, you, you want to run with that one? I, I can. Well, um, 
what we wanted to do, I think that um, the conversation, we did have a, a partnership um, or a communication with the sickle cell organization here in, in Tarrant County. And so what we wanted to do was, of course, it's about educating the children about issues that, um, or challenges that African-Americans face. And unfortunately, sickle cell has not gone anywhere, but it hasn't been um, as discussed or as talked about or as funded um, here lately as it has been in the past. Mm -hmm. So we felt like this is, a, this is something that plagues our people, so we have to be aware of it. And I just don't, we didn't feel like there was enough education on it, and we didn't feel like there was enough funding sources going towards it. So what we decided to do was write about it. We came up with the perfect title, Breaking the Sickle, and we partnered with the Tarrant County organization and proceeds from the, the sales from the book were donated to this organization that's here in Tarrant County. Yes. I think it's very yeah. important. And then when you said that the, um, the educating of the public on it is very um, kind of non-existent in this day and age. And I remember my mother was telling me how in the 70s, it was a big thing and they were getting everybody tested to see if you were a trait carrier or not. And people were breaking up and getting together and all of this. And I think what happened was AIDS happened. And then right, the right. shift to STD testing and HIV mm -hmm. testing. And so for our generation, we all know our HIV status. But right. for the, our parent generation, they all knew their sickle cell status. Right. Wow. It's just, you know, I think it's more um, a shift in not necessarily um, policy, but just a shift social in conditioning. Yeah, the social connections that we have and that we make with one another. And we've kind of right. gotten away from that. And, and not only that, but, you know, with that shift came the shift in funding. It did. <laughs> right. The money left. <laughs> right. Because job kit. Yeah. The re research is backed by money. So right. if yeah. the messaging about sickle cell, if it's not getting the funding, then um, the messages aren't getting heard because it's who right. controls the money. Money. Those are the people who control the messaging. It's, you know, directly tied together. And so, um, you know, I definitely was impressed with you guys because sickle cell, I'm actually a parent of a child with sickle cell. And so what you do, it directly um, just kind of relates with my whole, um, I guess, goals and, and framework if, with what I do on my blog and everything. So I appreciate the messaging and the educating that you guys do because I think it's very important to see males in in yeah. the space and i know um as a parent it's you know a lot of mothers are advocating very hard and i don't always see um dads advocating as hard so i appreciate the work that you two are doing to kind of change that narrative well thank you thank you so thank much you. for saying that we, de we definitely appreciate that I'll, I'll add a couple more points really quick um but first well i do want to ask um more about um, why are you um, writing about sickle cell? So I, I mean, just so I can learn more. So 
I definitely like to learn more about that. But a couple more points is that for Breaking the Sickle, we take 25% of all the proceeds of that book and we give it to Sickle Cell Charity. So we, we started off with uh, uh, our partner was North Central Texas uh, Sickle Cell. It was, it was some major entity out here, but we moved from, from them to Bold Lips for Sickle Cell. And now we're actually uh, seeking another sickle cell initiative to uh, to to a partner with. So 25% of the proceeds from that book go to um, sickle cell charities. Uh, now the two interesting things about writing about that topic was that well, actually, of course, it disproportionately affects people of African descent, black people. So we definitely wanted to, just like Frank said, you know, bring more awareness. And we always knew that with our books, we would be writing to the child audience, right? So the child can learn about it, but then also we will also be, the parent will be reading to them. So they'll be learning more information too. So that's, that's duly getting the message out there. And, uh, when you think about promoting uh, our our black children to be doctors, um, uh, Dr. Yvette Faye uh, Francis McBarnett, who the book is about, uh, she was a pioneer in treating patients with sickle cell. So we're highlighting the life of a black person who went back to help with a plight that disproportionately affects her people. And so that's what we're inspiring children to do too. And so that's that's the ultimate goal is, is to produce a child who, who, who is who's knowledgeable, understands what affects their people, has a heart to care for what's going on, and who will pursue excellence and also uh, fighting the cause and uh, hopefully championing it as well. So... Thank you. Yes, Thank you. yes, most definitely. I know that um, there's a lot of people who need hem hematologists as an adult, mm -hmm. and there aren't enough adult hematologists. So mm -hmm. you talked a little bit about, you know, writing the book so that kids would know that they can become doctors. And, you know, that really resonates with me because that's one of the reasons why I wrote my book. And I intentionally made sure that the people who were in doctors' um, roles in the book looked like the kids. They were people of color. I think we have to be intentional about the messaging that we allow our children to see because they don't often see a reflection of themselves. And if we want there to be more hematologists that care about adults that have sickle cell, then we have to train our kids to be those physicians. Mm -hmm. We can't always expect and desire for people who are not us to be caring for us. And so, um, you know, when you said that, it was something that was very real in my life. I actually wrote the book in 2014. So um, I attended my first sickle cell meeting last year, and that was when I was in a room full of people that had some sort of connection with sickle cell. And it dawned on me that there's no reason why the children that were there didn't have a book that really showed them. Um, at the mm -hmm. time, I had never even seen any sickle cell books. Um, so, you know, once you start intentionally writing and intentionally doing things for the community, then all of a sudden you start to, um, mm -hmm. to notice, oh, they do exist, 
you know. Yeah. And so you buy a new car, now everybody's got a Sienna. And you never know the <laughs> Right, right. Exactly. So that's kind of what happened to me. And um, you do have to be intentional. And what I say is our kids can't be shown enough um, right. that representation. And so as a mother of a child, and you know, my, my children are actually twins. I have two children. Um, oh, one has sickle cell and one has sickle cell trait. And so, mm -hmm. um, I, I, you know, I hope that they will be advocates and, you know, if one desires to be a physician, I hope that by using my voice now to plant those seeds that they will, you know, feel like they can, they will have that confidence to go that route if they so choose to. And so mm -hmm. I think it's just important to, to plant those seeds while they're young. So um, okay. that's what books do. That's, you know, that's exactly what books do. And, and not only does it plant seeds that bear fruit for children, but, but the parents, you know, like we approach this thing with our audience in mind, which was, of course, you know, the children. They're the motivation as to why we wrote the books. It's for them. It's uh, we 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 have this philosophy of books as mirrors for our children, making sure that the characters reflect the um, the children that are reading them. But then also, you know, books as windows for kids outside of our culture to understand that we have a lot of very important people that they might not learn about in their regular history classes. But, uh, but not only that, because we realize, um, you know, seven and eight year olds don't necessarily buy anything. So we also, you know, we, we also had to, to, to be prepared to um, have a message for the parents that these are tools. You know, these are not just books. These are tools to begin conversations, important conversations about important people in our history, which may end up. Um, you know, inspiring and motivating their child to do some great things, you know, specifically because of what they're reading in books. You know, why not have a little bit more control over that? Why not be a little bit more intentional about that? Yes, yes. Earlier, you mentioned about your Black history books that you have. I know that you all have a curriculum for Black history as well. Can you share a little bit about your curriculum? Yes, definitely can do that. <laughs> and if you don't mind, there's a little statement that I'll read and then I will uh, go into it a little further. <clears throat> so Melanin Origins, we're committed to literacy and empowerment through powerful images and stories representative of diverse backgrounds and cultural pride. Our books are the perfect addition to any primary classroom for the benefit of all students. Uh, our curriculum packet is a common core focused curriculum guide, which allows for seamless inclusion of our learning materials in the first grade classroom. And this includes uh, common core based lesson plans that cover reading, writing, word study, and social studies uh, for grade one. Uh, these lessons cover the cognitive strategies spectrum for comprehension. So the most important thing about that, about that, that statement and our curriculum is that our, we, we took six books from our uh, 10 book series. So we have Booker T. Washington, W.B. Du Bois, Madam C.J. Walker, we have Tuskegee Airmen, Ida B. Wells. Then we have Dr. Yvette Faye Francis McBarnett. We'll call her Dr. Francis, <laughs> the pioneer in treating uh, sickle cell. And so our books initially were mainly for the purpose of introducing our children to their leaders, 
because we found that we found that at least for second grade and below stories about black history are out there right that stories about black history that they're out there but they're a lot of them are extremely bland a lot of them start off um uh, at, at, at slavery and, and uh, civil rights and all this different kind of struggle. But for a kid that's four or five years old, uh, younger than that, they're not really hearing anything about their leaders. And if they are, they don't need to be hearing about all this extra struggle uh, that, you know, that comes along with being black. And so we want to introduce our children to their leaders without all that extra um, stuff. For, so, so it's age appropriate. Uh, we took it a step further by incorporating uh, English language arts and having uh, doctors and school teachers create create a, a curriculum guide. So our, our curriculum guide is geared towards first grade. Um, of course, it teaches black history because they're learning about uh, individuals who are African American, but it's, it's mainly teaching um, uh, the different cognitive strategies for English language art. So it goes along with what's already being taught in the classroom. It goes along with the national standard. <laughs> and how long would you say it, it could take for the curriculum to go from start to finish? Since you did say, you know, it's not, Black History is not just for Black History Month, it's every day. <laughs> yes, for sure. For sure. Uh, so our our curriculum is a six week curriculum. Uh, with there also there also is a bonus week curriculum. Of course, Black History Month is only four months. We have given more than that, and we we made it only uh, six to seven weeks because we know that at least we can give you above and beyond what you need for Black History Month, um, and hopefully we'll decide uh, you will decide to use it. Uh, and this is talking to the educators. Uh, hopefully, they'll decide to use it um, year round or throughout the year, the different summer programs. Um, but as far as the duration, uh, they they run from thirty minutes to uh, two to to two hours because we have activities, we have uh, uh, pretest assessments, we have the books for them to read, and different um, study guides as well. Okay, that's nice. yeah, that's a pretty robust curriculum that people can use. Okay. I know that in the homeschool community, parents are always looking for a new history right. curriculum that their children can relate to. So I'm so happy that you shared information about your curriculum because I know that uh, there's a lot of parents who are looking for it. So that was one of the reasons, it's actually how I came across. <laughs> um, Melanin Origins. Yeah. Right, Melanin Origins. I had actually sent it to my co-host um, one morning and said, hey, I, I was um, looking for, I had actually done a segment on my local news station about Black History Month. And they were talking to me about the local school system and one of the parents was saying that in her area, the school doesn't really do a focus on Black History Month because they don't want any children to feel isolated. And oh, wow. I, 
I was saying that <laughs> Black history, you know, talking about Black history isn't something that is isolating At all. because they help build the foundation of America. Right. And so right. um, when I was looking, so what can I tell people that they can go to for resources? That's actually how I came across Melanin Origins and found out about you guys. And that's when I learned that you guys don't only do the Black history books, but you also had a sickle cell connection. And then um, the rest is really history. We, we that same day, which was kind of mind boggling to me because it was like, wait a minute, I just ran across these people. <laughs> so, um, but that meant that it was really meant to be for us to, um, to connect. So oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. What I really do like about the curriculum though, is that especially for the homeschoolers, it can double as social studies and language arts. So exactly. I know, uh, what year was that? Maybe it was last year when I had my daughter in a science class and they were also tying it in with black scientists. And mm -hmm. I was showing the lady, yes, this is the work and this is the social studies. And she looked at me with this look on her face. I couldn't believe she did that to me. But, you know, this isn't social studies for a kindergartner. And I said, so what is social studies for a kindergartner? She's talking about some right. occupations and community. I said, well, these are community wow. members <laughs> <laughs> who have the occupation yes. of scientists. Yes. <laughs> so, right. and, and I think that for black children to be able to focus in routinely on someone who is has done or is doing great things for our community is really important i grew up in a all black school and yeah. it was very affirming i don't think i realized it at the time but it was very affirming because everything centered around us right. and it i guess it kind of made me a little bit militant ish and you know just a little bit for my people all the way <laughs> so. you see you see there and that the the interesting thing is that i'm sure i'm definitely sure that you are uh intelligent you're pro-black and uh you're, you're you're very conscious right and um what what has happened is we took all those great things right and then we've even added a negative connotation when it comes to being militant oh yeah listen i i stand up for my brother who's right here next to me i stand for my family i stand for truth and justice and i stand against anybody who wants to take that away from anyone mm -hmm. I'm going to be proactive and uh, shining the light. And I'm going to be proactive and wanting to teach and provide positive images. And to me, that, that there should be no negative connotation with that at all. And that's, that's why I'm so glad. You know, so <clears throat> the saying that says God has never left himself without a witness. Like, we are those witnesses. We are the ones, uh, you, uh, us, we, we, we're always we're shining light to promote positive images, to show people that there's always a better way. There's always a more excellent way. Uh, kids, 
kids. <laughs> We're telling them, believe in yourself. We're telling them mm -hmm. you can be great. You can do anything that you want to achieve. Uh, but when they step outside, they got the media. They have a bunch of other images. And, uh, you know, depending on where they're from, a lot of distractions that, that, that might, might, may want to detour them from that true message of move forward, mm -hmm. you know? So I'm glad to be in this space. Uh, I'm, I'm glad to be aligned with people like you who are in this space, who are always about shining the light. And we believe that any person with the right information and the right level of understanding, any person can make a change. And so we're glad that we have materials that, that are pushing kids in that direction. Uh, I'm, I'm, somewhere in each of our books, <laughs> at some point in each book, it just reminds kids that it pretty much says this, this is who I am, Booker T, Ida B, I've done these different things. Um, and we show it in a very fun way. And towards the end, it says, just know that, of course, you can do those exact same things. Right. And so we're always glad to be promoting that kind of message and uh, to be aligned with people who do as well. That's awesome. Can you tell everybody where they can go to download or purchase your curriculum? Yes. Okay. So you can go to www.melaninorigins.com. We're on, we're at melaninorigins.com on all social media. Um, Instagram is the main one with Twitter and Facebook, of course, but you want our curriculum, www.melaninorigins.com. If you have any questions, uh, please contact us. Uh, what, now, what we did, this just happens to be March 1st, so uh, we're, we're going to have to work out something special. But what, what we did was, of course, we deeply discounted our curriculum and made it for 99. Well, we took it from six weeks, we made it four weeks, and we presented a digital version uh, to, uh, to, uh, to our supporters. Um, and so that is still available now for 99 cents. We're going to have to work something out so that we can uh, uh, make it available to your users uh, for, for that same price for a certain period of time. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah. Because I know. Put that on Patreon, maybe? Yeah, I can put it on Patreon as well as um, the show notes in the show notes as well, like a coupon code, perhaps. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes, awesome. Yeah, we, should, awesome. we should be able to establish something then. So that everybody who listens to your podcast can uh, use the code and get that price. Well, thank yeah. you. I know our yeah. listeners are parents who really want their children to have these resources. So we appreciate your willingness to definitely, you know, give them a discount because for homeschooling parents, you know, we spend yeah. a lot of money on right. educating right. our kids because it's, you know, it would be great if we got some type of uh, money in return, our taxes, a tax break or something like that. But homeschool parents don't, not in, not in most Maryland. states. <laughs> not in most states, definitely not in Maryland where we're located. But um, okay. I know that you know we are always looking for good solid curriculums that will help our children grow and gain the confidence that they need in order to be productive and um right. just great people i mean even as black homeschoolers we are always spending an excess amount of time looking for things that speak directly to us i can't tell you how many hours i've spent combing through looking for something that was done by us specifically 
for the uplifting of us. And I really do appreciate the work that you brothers have put in on giving our children something that looks like them and helping them to, um, you know, be proud of who they are and the stock that they come from. Because it's yeah. deep oh, and it's strong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we appreciate that um, because, you know, one of our models is channeling the greatness that lies within. So the message is, um, although we're writing these stories about these great individuals, you also have this greatness in you, just just as they did. Mm -hmm. And um, they were able to actualize that greatness um, because of belief in themselves and because of some of them because of circumstance and they were pushed there, but they still had to believe that they were capable of the greatness that they displayed to the world. Um, and, you know, not only does our curriculum or our um, 10 book series present that, but even some of the other stories that were written by other authors, they still have the same message. You know, it's just the same message about, you know, being your best self, channeling your greatness, mm -hmm. whatever, um, you know, whatever profession you decide to choose, like our most recent one, Landon's Lemonade Stand, is obviously about a young person, you know, entrepreneur, you know what I mean? He's a, he's a young, he's a little boy, and he's, it's a story about him and his um, financial education and having a lemonade stand and everything that goes along with that, you know, so if they can have, you know, little girls selling Girl Scout cookies and things like that, then, you know, we can tell stories of young, you know, people of color, especially black kids, starting their businesses at five and six years old doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and uh, to go off of something you said earlier, you know, to, to me, it's a shame for uh, homeschool parents to still have to like search and do all this. It's like, why is it not available? Why is it not in an easily accessible place? One stop shop. It's, it's a shame for, you know, African-American teachers, teachers of color to have to search for, you know, black history material, Latin history material. Like what, like how come this isn't compiled? Why is it? These are the questions that, that we asked ourselves years ago. And, and we, we exist to help, uh, uh, you know, end users such as you, people who want to educate. We, we started a company because concerned about, uh, you know, teaching our own children, right? right? We, we were concerned about teaching our own children. And whenever we, we decided to look outside, we said, man, there is nothing. What, what, what's going on? <laughs> this is ridiculous. You know, so, so that's why we, we exist. We, we exist for you. We we uh we created companies so we can fill the gap, fill the void, and you know all of your support and everyone who has been supporting us is simply so we can have more resources, mm -hmm. more resources to make that to to make <laughs> educating our kids easily accessible, convenient, like the thing to do. Like just like you can go on YouTube and find it, whatever you want. Melanin Origins is the one-stop shop. That's our goal, and uh, so 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 thank you for your support and shine this life up for us. Well, thank you. I know we only have a little bit of time left. In the few minutes that we have left, I wanted to ask, what is one of the ways where you've seen the lights in your children's eyes light up when you've taught them? What are some of the ways that you've seen that happen? Well, you know, one thing I'll say, is um, you know we have to we have to embrace this new technology and we have to embrace um, you know the digital world because um, th this is the world that these kids are living living in and they're growing up in it which is different from us we're from a, a different generation 
but technology is a big thing. Mm -hmm. So uh, one thing that, I mean, just happened very recently um, was I was talking to my son about his creativity. You know, we have, he has an uncle, one of my younger brothers, that's, he's a huge YouTuber and he makes videos and skits and different things like that. So um, we were talking yesterday and he was wanting, well, he actually established his own TikTok account. <laughs> and um, he thought that he thought that I would be, you know, not happy about it. But, you know, I, it was an opportunity for me to really kind of pour into him and support him in something that he finds interesting because it could have been, you know, it could have been a different conversation. But uh, we ended up having a great conversation where he walked away from it realizing that I could actually be a resource for him to be able to, um, you know, have him fulfill some of his dreams, which is beyond just a TikTok video, but everything that he has in his mind about being creative and um, showing his own artistic expression, he now sees daddy as somebody who can help him achieve that. Okay. And so, Louis, we're wondering, what have you offered your children educationally that, you know, just brighten their entire little eye and just made them sparkle well one thing is for sure it's always a great thing uh, my daughter enjoys the time we spend uh reading these books together um she she uh <laughs> whenever i make an order for a new client and i have to you know send some books to the house and so we can send them off to be reviewed into the copyright office i put uh, Princess Serenity on it or something like that. And I put President Serenity McLean and she can see her name. She, her, she, she gets excited when, when she, she sees that. So she's, I think it's really, it's really awesome to, for her to see her dad as a business owner, for her to see different aspects of the company. Um, and like she's in class, she has a teacher's reading to her and she sets those books down and she walks away. But to also know that her dad is producing these books and, I, and we can read them together. But the one main thing that really got her excited, her and my son, was, was our cartoon show. So Cool Jeans. So we, we had Frank's kids and some of my nieces and nephews. We created uh, the, the whole jingle. We, we created a cartoon. Um, and so whenever they hear that song, whenever they see those same characters that they read about in a cartoon, it's, it's only two minutes, you know, two minute skit. But whenever they see that, they're like, oh, wow, they hear daddy's voice. They hear their own voices. They see characters moving and interacting and have, having a storyline that reflects their experiences. I think that that is it. Just seeing the multifaceted, just everything <laughs> that, that Melody Oranges offers. You know, just seeing it in that whole package is, is very inspirational for them, I, I believe. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. How old are your kids? So my kids are five and six. And my kids are 11 and nine. Okay. Yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, look, I know. I have um, 12, 6, five and two okay so yes i'm listening <laughs> to the the gaps and the you know yeah, the stage of development and i'm just thinking oh boy yeah. yes yes mom for life <laughs> right <laughs> right and my kids my kids are 11 so i have twins oh, so awesome. yeah oh, do they have tiktok accounts <laughs> my daughter does unfortunately <laughs> i am not really a fan but um 
she's she's a good girl and so i don't really worry so much mm. with her she knows what's inappropriate and she quickly yes swipes out of things yeah. when she realizes oh wait this is not for me so um and, yeah <laughs> you know, give a little take a little yeah well, I, I just yeah. had that conversation for the first time yesterday and it was random um, but we had the same thing, you know, because given my criminal justice background, you know, I see how this technology has really become a, a sore spot for these young kids because they don't understand, you know, that everything can be tracked. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah, I had that conversation with my son about, and he's a great kid, but we had to have that conversation about what's inappropriate, what's not appropriate, what would daddy find inappropriate or what would daddy, you know what I mean? That kind of stuff. So it was a good conversation. I think as parents, we have to have those conversations yeah. because we didn't really grow up as digital natives. Yeah. I mean, I do remember having a computer in my classroom when I was young, but it wasn't until I was in high school that we, we got a computer um, at my home. Yeah. So for my kids, they're surrounded yeah. by technology. Yeah. They have phones and tablets and laptops and everything. TVs, like the TV is a computer now. Exactly. Oh my God, exactly. that's the craziest thing to me. Yes. When they talk yeah. about some smart TV, I don't want a TV that can do everything. Mount itself <laughs> on the wall. That's just not <laughs> not what I'm interested right. in. It's kind of crazy. Mm -hmm. I mean, I see how it can be beneficial, but at the same time, it's you know kind of enemy of the state. Like, it's this little <laughs> yes, yeah. I can't quite get with it but I, I i think it's okay i think i'm because i'm a content creator mm -hmm. right. i think i definitely have more i see the need for it i just don't want my kids just to be consumers of content right. i want them to create the content and it sounds that's that sounds um like what you guys do you're creating the videos you're creating the show for your kids so your kids don't see it as oh this is just made for me to watch yeah. And you know they're also thinking, hey, I can create these type of things and distribute them to other other kids. And to me, that kind of um, takes it one step further, where it's just not about receiving; it's also about giving. But it's also about if you want this to be your profession, if you want to develop the skill, you can make money. It can blossom into something else. So I think it kind of changes the whole frame of mind around it versus I'm just sitting there watching the tube as mm -hmm. you know I used to say when I was Fuck little. Right. And that and that's the important um, aspect of it because as the company that we have, you know, they excuse me, they see that it's not about just going to the library and getting a book. I mean they know the process. You know, they understand, they hear our conversations with illustrators as they're creating mm. the story, as they're creating the illustrations for the story. So they know, they have a little bit more knowledge about how these things actually are created. You know, So then what that does is inspires them to go ahead and, and create themselves. Like my son uh, brought me the tablet the other day and he made a little short animation, you know, just because he's inspired <laughs> by, you know, the things that he's been exposed to. You know what I mean? Like I. I want my kids to be uh, writers, right? But we have this book company that has all of these different aspects and in, 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 um, in different channels and different legs and different branches. So it might be something else that they connect to 
that might not be, you know, what daddy's goal was, but either way it goes, they're inspired by something that was created by their father. You know what I'm saying? Right. Exactly. Yes. So if there is a parent or kids who are interested in being writers, interested in being animators, what advice would you give them? Because in the, um, in our community and just the, the access to being online that we have now, there's a lot of people who are creating. Mm -hmm. And so they're looking for ways to encourage their kids to do the same, just like we're encouraging our kids. So what advice would you give them? I would say, so we, we always come from foundation that of course you can, you can do whatever it is that you want to do. You can uh, achieve your dream. So we, we always come for, from a, a place of, Yes, go for it. But I definitely would say hone in on your craft. You just said um, online, there's Udemy, there's YouTube, there's, I don't know if I said that right, but there's so many different. Um, Udemy. <laughs> You're talking about how Udemy. you supposed to say that? Yes, mm-hmm. that and, and, and. Uh, I call it Udemy too. Go ahead. <laughs> I don't even know, okay? Uh, <laughs> it, it definitely is Udemy. <laughs> <laughs> but there, 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 there are so many places where you go to a community college where where you can get instruction on how to craft the perfect short story how to write a story you know so i definitely would would advise them to hone in on the craft what elements do do they need to consider um so that they can be great the best at at what they do and so long as they do that so long as they believe in themselves and they uh find themselves in creative spaces where they can allow the story to, you know, where they can. I I know for me, I have to get into my own creative space. So I I encourage people to to find whatever that is for them. Like I'm not one of those people who can like do homework while the TV is on. (laughs) I go to, I'll I'll go to Starbucks. I'll I'll go to, to an office. I'll put some headphones in. I'll listen to classical music. Uh, you know, I, I might meditate first. You know, I'll, I'll I'll write out my my outline. I'll draw from different sources of inspiration, and then I'll just go in. And so I have my product. And the the best thing, what we tell our our authors and people who would be in in authors that the process really helps you, you know, produce something great. And so we, we publish others, we specialize in that. Um, you find yourself in a creative space, you get everything out of you, you've done your homework, you've honed in on your craft to see what kind of elements you need to, to add in, into this story. You pass it off to some experts, even if that expert is, let's say you pass it to the editor, or you pass it uh, to, to us, to a publisher who's going to review it. The editor is going to do their job and help to fine tune that, fine tune that, that story. So that's why we tell people, you know, move forward, go on about your business, pursue all that you, all that's in your heart's desire, because as you move forward, you always find, you always find people, right. Who are, who are um, um, linked to that journey, linked to that purpose and who are going to assist you in the process. Um, So I hope I answered the question. <laughs> you did. You did. Yes, you did. <laughs> well, Frank and Louis, you all already give you all already gave us some of your um more adult storyline. So I'm curious as to what it was like for you all growing up. Did you all see 
yourselves in the classroom or um, you know outside of the classroom even at home? Uh, uh, well, well, interesting story. So uh, to learn more about this information I'm about to say, you can get up from the trap, which is also at melaninorigins.com. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> up from the trap. Shameless plug. <laughs> right, right. So, no so shame, I, I never. wrote an autobiography, an autobiography um, which, which has a lot of my background. Um, interesting enough, um, Frank's background is criminal justice. My background is criminal justice. Uh, I always wanted to, once I came to myself as, as an adult, I've simply wanted to help kids turn their life around so they won't find themselves as, a, a, you know, adults in the system. And so juvenile is where I focus my attention. I, I worked there for over seven years. I don't work there now. Um, but when I left that to go to corporate America, I was always thinking about how can I get back? How can I volunteer? How can I... Um, still work in the same capacity because corporate America to me is not, you know, fulfilling in that way. So, um, <laughs> oh, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> but I never, I never necessarily seen myself doing Melanin Origins. It was actually uh, events, a series of current events that, that took place and started happening. And, you know, like this whole, oh man, from police brutality, uh, uh, police killing, shall I say, to, you know, um, the, the hatred of President Barack Obama. Like, and then we started seeing a, a whole bunch of things in the media and a lot of things with, with the smartphone, like just depicting black people in, in such a horrible light. And so it was all of that that actually began to stir us up so we can move in this direction. But we always knew, I know, I know for me, always knew that I was going to be working with young kids in some capacity, helping to change their life, administering programs um, that, that help to, to promote positivity and growth. Right. And as far as me, um, you know, I, I, I have a background. I was always a good student, right? I was always a good student. So you know how it is. If you're a good student in school, then you get bored. Um, I never liked history because, of course, the stories that I was told um, in school where none of them were related to me. And if they were, they were talking about slavery. Mm -hmm. So I had no, I had zero interest in history, but I was a, you know, school was easy for me. Um, my family are, you know, very educated individuals. My family, we're actually both, our parents are from Liberia. Um, so my family, I have doctors in my family. Um, you know, I have lawyers in my family. So education was always a huge thing. So I was always great in school. Um, so as I got older, you know, I was always told to go to school. Well, our parents immigrated from Liberia, so we were always told to go to school and get a job. And, um, and so that's what I followed. I had an older sister went to school and, and, and she went to college. So I went to college and I just kind of followed in her footsteps. And then there were some stair steps. So I have younger siblings. And so by the time I was, I graduated from college and I had a job. Um, they were just kind of coming up in, in uh, grade school and junior high and high school. And I realized that the world was changing, you know, for them um, and how different it was for them versus us as far as being parented by immigrants who told us the American way was to go to school and get a job. I noticed that the world was changing for them. So that narrative had to change as well. Um, so I've always been the person who um, encouraged them to get in a more creative space because that's what the opportunities of the world presented. 
Um, but as far as uh, I've always loved school, though, like mm-hmm. I always loved school only because I never wanted to be a teacher, though. But I always loved educating, especially our kids, simply because, you know, we were so affected by the negative images in the media, you know, as far as for black people. Like I knew I grew up in an African household. So so it was even with that, like I was different than the black American kids, you know, in a where when my father talked to me like I was the king. You know what I'm saying? He told me and he taught me that I was going to take over the family. Like that was my job. I was his first son born and he was teaching me how to be a man and teaching me how to run the, or just be a a leader in the family when he was no longer there. So these are the kind of conversations we had when I was 10, 11 and 12 years old. So I was always pumped in um, with uh, like leadership information and leadership um, encouragement. And so as I got older, and I started to kind of digest some of these images. And, you know, I'm a little bit older than Louis is, so I'm 45 years old. So, you know, I'm, I grew up in a hip-hop generation. So I'm like, you know, X-Clan and Public Enemy and KRS-One, <laughs> where a lot of that... Right now. <laughs> I mean, a, a lot of those positive images, I mean, they really, really motivated me and they affected me. And I said, you know what? I don't have to, you know, think like this. I can think like these guys. I can be, you know, I can be right. uh, conscious Black. You know what I'm saying? So, right, right. so as I grew up and as I looked at, you know, graduating from college and thinking about a profession, I ne- like I said, I never wanted to be a teacher, but I always wanted to educate. Um, so I did have a criminal justice degree. I ended up starting out working with adults in the uh, criminal justice system. And oh, I began working with the adults and ended up with the juveniles and then working with the juveniles. Um, you know, we understand that the, you know, a lot of our kids started coming through to the juvenile facility through what they call a prison school to prison pipeline. You know what I mean? So that was the direct connection with some of the work we started doing with the schools um, and educating kids that way. Because of course, we know that kids that don't feel educated or don't feel the confidence to achieve an education start to have a lot of behavioral issues, you know? And then we we can look at the school as a system that drives kids from the school system to the prison system. So, you know, that was another motivating factor for us to develop this company and really start at a young age affecting these kids so that their academic achievement also, you know, played a part in their achievement overall in life. Wow. I mean, that in and of itself is a conversation that could stand alone. (laughs) (laughs) So I think it's, um, you know, you both have rich histories in, you know, educating and just being confident on your own. Can you give parents who are raising sons just one thing that could help them? Um, one, what's one thing that parents can implement to raise a confident black son? Hmm. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I would say this. I would say this, I, I, I cannot uh, stress enough the need for positive affirmations, positive affirmations uh, uh, geared specifically, like specific to the child at hand, all right? Um, I do unconscious bias training for uh, corporate America, and I've done it 
for some time now. And what we learn is that our we have over sixty thousand thoughts each day. We we learn that our mind is technically is is uh is just geared towards negativity. So most of those most of your dominant thoughts are so negative. Um not ninety-five percent of what we do is controlled by subconscious impulses. It's done on an unconscious level. Right. So it's all of the things that we've seen and, and, and experienced and a lot of things um, we don't even know what's actually pushing us or motivating us. And again, a lot of it is our minds are geared towards negativity. And so to so to be intentional and injecting uh, positive affirmations to your subconscious means that if we're controlled by 95 percent of uh, subconsciously, then to be intentional and injecting positive things in there, right, such as affirmations that are stated with meaning and with feeling that are uh, directly related to the kid at hand, um, that helps them to manifest and to walk into those things. All right, so I would definitely say that. Of course, you know, we have books and we have images and we have positive messages, um, but to be specific, I would definitely would say positive affirmations uh, for, for, uh, and just to give you an example, um, some of my affirmations are, I am a man of strength, patience, meekness, wisdom, dynamic ability, and graceful responses. So, um, if, if I was ever going through something in life and I might've felt like I was weak, I was weak mentally, I was weak physically, I was weak, whatever, you know, I'm not just necessarily going to walk around and say, I'm a man of strength. I'm a man of strength. I'm a man of strength. I'll say, I'm a man of strength. I am strong physically, uh, and I protect my family at all costs. I use my strength to protect my family. I am emotionally intelligent, and my mental integrity is confirmed in the heavens. God has blessed me with a sound mind. So I've, I've now, <laughs> I've dived so deep. I've, I've, I've rooted being a, a man of strength so deep in my subconscious. I stated it with feeling that I have no, like, I have no choice but to be that. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and right, I, I like that. I reminds me of it. My, you know, I, I, I remind myself. I, I just become that. So I definitely, and that's why that type of thing, right? That information, the science, is why the music we listen to, the things that we allow our kids to see and hear, all those mm-hmm. things that we've been talking about here. That's why it's very, very important. Uh, you know, people play as if it doesn't affect them and people don't even know for the most part but one thing definitely positive affirmations and our our learning materials definitely get you started in the right direction well that that was powerful all by by itself (laughs) indeed i loved it because it was action steps that parents can definitely implement right now without it costing anything without you know needing an extra resource it's a tool that they can put in their tool belt and give it directly to their kids so i thank you for that um frank do you have do you do you have it's hard to follow that Um, (laughs) it's hard to follow that but you know and uh, and just kind of piggybacking really quick off of what louis said i think that incorporating uh, visualization and imagery obviously is really key you know what I mean like we have to look at the brains and we have to look at what the brain is fed as food and you know it's like the computer garbage in garbage out our brains are computers so we have to be very as parents we have to be intentional 
about what we allow our kids to consume as, as far as imagery, you know, because those, that imagery definitely affects positive or negative, you know, how they visualize and how they see themselves interacting with the world. Um, so what I would say on my own is that, um, you know, sometimes what's challenging for our kids and what's challenging for even our parents is just the, this idea of being isolated and being alone, right? But I think that one, one thing that we don't learn enough about that we are learning more about is a little bit more of our African spirituality, which, um, you know, really incorporates the power of the ancestors, you know what I mean, in our daily lives, you know what I'm saying? So, so just imagine a parent who, who, does, who doesn't feel like they have all the answers, you know, and, and doesn't feel like, you know, um, going outside of themselves or outside of their homes or outside of other family members that they know um, can actually give them the answers, you know, but what if they do believe that they are, you know, tied into the greatness of a Malcolm X or the greatness of a Martin Luther King or the greatness of a Marcus Garvey, um, you know, these individuals are our ancestors and we are affected and we are guided by our ancestors. We don't pray to our ancestors, mm -hmm. but our ancestors are with us. You know what I'm saying? We today, Louie and myself, you ladies on that end in Maryland, you guys are going to be somebody's ancestors. You know what I'm saying? I know. I can't wait. Yeah, I <laughs> well, not that I want to die. <laughs> I, I too am a firm believer in honoring the ancestors. No and I... So, I can't wait till I can, you know. Yeah, you and no, you don't have to wait. You are that right now. So just yeah. imagine, <laughs> right? You are that. As you a parent, that. we are fulfilling that role yeah. now. So, so I think that you know we just have to teach them to think in a different way that's expanded mm -hmm. beyond what we were taught, you know, and mm -hmm. and and look to the ancestors for some of that guidance and that ancestors. Like I said, being a Malcolm X, being a Marcus Garvey, being an Yvette Faye, you know, Francis McBarnett, and believing just like in the um you know, the movie that, that Spike Lee did towards the end, the Malcolm X movie, all the kids standing up and saying, I am Malcolm X, you know, I am Malcolm X. Like, yeah, we are those individuals. And what we're saying is I can tap into the positive and the, the power of what that individual brought to this world. And I can be that as well in today's world. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and, that, like yeah, that. and in that way, you have a, an endless pool and an endless well of um, resources, <laughs> you know, it's, it's all about how you think and how you believe. And I think that as parents, you know, it's, it's not um, a shameful thing for us to say, okay, well, maybe you might not get this particular thing for me, but look at this great thing that, that um, you know, Ida B. Wells did, or this great thing that Angela Davis did, or, you know, Francis Crest Wesley, Wesley did. These individuals uh, live their lives for us. Mm -hmm. For us to yes. be motivated and encouraged and to carry the torch in this new world that they laid the foundation for and then add to it. So, you know, I think between the both of those, you know, we really can give some confidence to the parents and some security for them as well, because they can also tap into those ancestors. Right. Yes, I call them community ancestors. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I do because they're not. I don't necessarily <laughs> descend from them. I'm not a great niece or something like that, but. I'm, we're still related on, you know, they're part many of the level. Village. Yes, they're on many levels. And I know I tell my children, you know, that they have the power of everyone before everyone. them. And it's all tied up in them. And all they have to do is, you know, ask and really look for those answers. Right. And they're there. And it's, 
you know, it's, it's just not inaccessible. Inaccessible. Exactly. So and it's just for this, me, I'm sorry. what comes to mind is the imagery of roots, uh -huh. the roots of a tree. Like yeah. we're all connected, just like a tree is connected. Exactly. And so when you guys were talking about that, I was just seeing those roots connecting, giving some nourishment, nourishment to others, just giving what they need. Yeah. And you no one's to taking plants, too much. <laughs> yeah, no one's taking too much. You're taking just what you need. Right. So that's the imagery that came to my mind. Oh my goodness. While you're saying nobody's taking too much. Okay. So look, I am a complete <laughs> science plant nerd. I love me some plants, but the trees in the forest, mm -hmm. they actually are talking and interact with each other through the mycelium mat. That's the, um, the network of the underground, uh, mushroom activity. Wow. So, those fungi are allowing the trees to communicate with other trees. So trees that are sick and dying will push their resources what? to some of the younger trees that are nearby, whether they're the same species or not. You know, right. a tree two feet away will say, hey, I got this kind of bug crawling on me. You better secrete something <laughs> to get these, you know, and it's, very much so how you're saying you know we have the we have access we have to access. the entire network exactly that is us. and think about it and if botany can do it how what? much more can us as homo sapiens do it i'm saying that right. and that's the thing like think about it like this like I, as a real simple example because when i'm talking to kids you know obviously it's like Okay, so like just this idea of the collective, which we know as a people, you know, it's, a, it's, it's somewhat of a struggle for us to look at ourselves as one, right? Like I said, like growing up, um, I grew up in an African household, so the Black Americans really just kind of isolated me, right? But then when I talked to other Africans um, that were born in Africa, but I was born here, they isolated me as well. And I'm like, you know, if we just looked at ourselves as a collective and we moved as a collective, like some of our, our counterparts do, you know, like, you know, the other example that I use is like the, the hand, you know what I mean? Like what's stronger, the, the hand, the open hand or five fingers on a fist? You know what I mean? If we move as a fist, then we'd be more of a force. And that's the that's the idea of coming together as a collective and utilizing each other, and utilizing our ancestors as a people, because we are a force. We already know and everybody else knows as well. Mm -hmm. You're so right. Wow, like this conversation has gone by so quickly. It's never enough time. Never. But what, um, you know, there's definitely, I would love to schedule a conversation with you guys in the future um, just to talk about the prison to the school to prison yeah. pipeline because I feel like that in and of itself is a conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, especially for parents who are homeschooling, parents of color, we homeschool for different reasons. But one of those reasons is to protect our children right. Right. from that school to prison pipeline. Mm -hmm. And so um, we would love to have you guys in the future, but I know that, um, you know, that our time is short and we need you guys to just tell everybody where they can find you one more time so that we can put that in the show notes and people that are listening can support you. Okay. Well, you can find us on social media at melanin origins. I mean, at melanin origins, whether that's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, we're all over social media at melanin origins. And then we also have a website, www.melaninorigins.com. So they can send us uh, emails. They can send us messages. Um, through uh, the social media sites, 
you know, they can, they can, uh, you know, like and share and follow on all of our pages. And we do answer um, any messages that come through. So definitely connect with us. Um, and then we have our email addresses. Mine is editor at melaninorigins.com. And then Louise is L McLean at melaninorigins.com. And one last thing there is if you go on amazon.com, you type in melanin origins, you will see our products. So if you're Amazon, you prefer that, you just go ahead and go that way. That's cool. Barnesandnoble.com as well. However, melaninorigins.com for sure. All right. Well, That's thank great. you. Thank you for your time. And I mean, this was just a riveting conversation. It was. Thank you. I'm not quite ready to be done, but that's okay. <laughs> we can get back to it. Because you done started me on the plants and the ancestors, and I'll tell you, those two things right there, that's my jam. In a whole other direction. <laughs> well, thank you so well, much. Well, thank you. So, um, Everybody, I want you guys to support Melanin Origins. What the work that they're doing, it matters in our community and we wanna show them our love and support. So thank you all. Thank you.